Good morning. We're going to be talking about an article written in the New Republic by Aki Peretz. Peretz? Aki. That sounds like a Finnish or Japanese. Could be both. It's funny how there's an overlap. The article is called Hamas's Main Source of Funding Might Surprise You. Well, we're going to assume he's going to be talking about uh, Benjamin Netanyahu funding it, right? Maybe. Israel can't crush the terror group without destroying its finances. And that will be much harder than the military battles being waged right now. Are they military battles if all these innocent people are the ones being killed on, on, in Israel and in, in Gaza? Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu recently said, Israel is in the midst of a fight for our existence. <laughs> That's my uh, Benjamin Netanyahu impersonation. And that its invasion of the Gaza Strip aims to eliminate Hamas by destroying its military and governance capabilities. Now, I don't think Netanyahu cares about military capabilities other than, well, you would assume, okay, so uh, benefit of the doubt, he's, he's concerned about their offensive. But uh, in reality, considering the history of what's going on over there, it's also the defensive capabilities. Uh, of of Palestinians, not of Hamas. I'm not uh, justifying Hamas, but I'm justifying the defense of a people, uh, the Palestinians being able to defend themselves just as Israel is able to defend themselves. And, of course, government capabilities. So uh, the Israeli government is consistently, especially Benjamin Netanyahu, been against the Palestinians having a unified uh, government an independent country where they can collect their own taxes and spend their own taxes. Right now, the Israeli government is collecting the Palestinian taxes and deciding whether they get any of it back or not, which doesn't seem right. If it's supposed to be Israel plays in this sandbox and Palestinians play in that sandbox, I'm sure if it was the other way around, the Israelis also would be extremely angry if the Palestinians were collecting the taxes in Israel and determining whether the Israelis are allowed to spend that money or get access to it. So this is uh, uh, like a very Hitler-esque Mein Kampf type thing where might is right. And this is what's going on in the Middle East right now. Whoever has the most might, it's almost a Darwinian type of thing and uh, morals and what's right uh, other than might, it's, it's a very Marxist concept, ironically, considering Hitler was, you know, against communists. But that's what the Marxists say, right? There is there's nothing but power. So, continuing on. That is certainly a lofty goal. Unfortunately, the American experience in Afghanistan over the past two decades indicates that it's almost impossible to crush a non-state actor. Well, the Israel or the uh, the yeah the Israelis are stopping the Palestinians from having state actors because they're denying them the right of statehood. So of course anybody, any group coming from any Palestinian side would be a non-state actor because they're not allowed to have a state by the Israelis, not by the United Nations, by the Israelis. So uh, if it's so, let me start again now. So that it's almost impossible to crush a non-state actor if its leadership and finances are protected in countries that one's military will not or cannot attack. Since Hamas's leadership lives in its fundraising 
and its fundraising occurs outside of Gaza, it's unclear how Israel can truly fulfill its goal of destroying the terrorist group. One of the conflict's greatest ironies is that Hamas has Netanyahu to thank for part of its strength. For years, he has propped up Hamas. See my last podcast. In order to weaken the Fatah-led Palestinian Authority, or PA, in the West Bank, thereby dashing hopes for a two-state solution. Two-state meaning Israeli and Palestinian, not uh, Palestinian Authority and Hamas. So he reportedly admitted as much in 2019 in defending his decision, the he, the antecedent to he, of course, is Netanyahu. He reportedly admitted as much in 2019 in defending his decision to allow Qatari funds to enter Israel. Um, no, to allow uh, funds to enter, sorry, Gaza from Qatar. Uh, another irony is that while Hamas fully controls the institutions of governance in Gaza, the PA is paying the lion's share of the international aid flowing into the area. So I guess the money goes to the Palestinian Authority in the West Bank, and uh, Israel collects the taxes in, in Gaza, and the, the, the Israelis apparently don't give much of the taxes back, and it's the Palestinian Authority in West Bank who funds the infrastructure and what's going on, apparently, in, in Gaza. This is what one can interpret from this. Now, I'm sure, I'm not sure. I, I thought Israel paid a lot more to uh, prop up Gaza, but it's not looking like that's the case, according to this article. So while Hamas fully controls the institutions, the Palestinian Authority is paying the lion's share of the international aid flowing into the area. Period. So if the Palestinian Authority in the West Bank is paying the lion's share of international aid, that means they're paying more than Israel is, one would assume from that statement. For example, in 2021 alone, the Palestinian Authority transferred $1.7 billion to Gaza. What currency? They don't say. Shekels? I don't know. Theoretically, to pay the salaries and pensions of tens of thousands of civil servants idled by Hamas's brutal takeover in Gaza in 2007. A similar phenomenon occurred in Iraq when Baghdad for years effectively subsidized tens of thousands of workers operating in Islamic State-controlled areas. So nobody really thinks about the day-to-day uh, -day workings of what goes on. In, in well, I shouldn't say nobody. I don't really think about that. You know, when, the, when these uh, Islamic terrorist uh, groups like ISIS take over, you don't really think about what happens to the government workers, right, or the, 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 the bureaucracy in the background. Because uh, a small group of ideologues take over, that doesn't mean that everybody is part of their, uh, their uh, group. The Palestinian Authority, which Secretary of State Antony Blinken recently said should take over Gaza once the war is over. This, this, the Secretary of State Antony Blinken appears to me to be a total dickhead. That's not 
directly related to this. <laughs> Just my personal assessment of the guy. So the Palestinian Authority, which Secretary of State Antony Blinken recently said should take over Gaza once the war is over. So that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? I don't know much about the Palestinian Authority. What's wrong with that? So the, uh, the PA reportedly transfers up to 30% of their annual budget to Gaza. The authority also controversially pays a stipend to Palestinians in Gaza and elsewhere who are imprisoned in Israeli jails or to the families of Palestinians who were killed while carrying out an attack. So is it controversial because they're implying that everybody in an Israeli jail is guilty of an attack, whereas we don't know that. I mean, uh, some of the people uh, that the Israel uh, released recently uh, apparently weren't even charged with anything. So how could you be guilty of something you weren't even charged for? Palestinians in Gaza and elsewhere who were imprisoned in Israeli jails. Okay. Uh, but there is a further conundrum. Israel collects the Palestinian Authority's taxes and customs duties. Okay, here we go. This is what I was babbling about earlier. Uh, Israel collects the Palestinian Authority's taxes and customs duties, which make up 65% of the Palestinian budget. So are they differentiating Palestinian here to be just the Palestinian Authority in the West Bank? Or are they including Gaza? I don't know. Because the PA does not have official statehood status. Okay, so here we go. So... The further conundrum is Israel collects the Palestinian Authority's taxes from the West Bank and customs duties, which make up 65% of the Palestinian budget, 65% of their budget, because the Palestinian Authority does not have official statehood status. So implying that this is the justification that Israel is using to be collecting their, uh, their taxes and customs, because they are not officially a state which is something that Israel actively fights. They do not want Palestine to have a state. Could be just because they want to collect the shekels. Who knows? So this means Israel can freeze or deduct this money whenever it likes, which it did earlier this month, which was November. Additional aid to Gaza comes from the oil-rich Qatar, where many senior Hamas leaders live and work, and luxurious surroundings. So this is where I get a little suspicious of who Hamas's leaders actually are. They're not the Palestinians living in the Palestinian Authority or anywhere in uh, you know Gaza. So the leaders aren't even there. So when Israel goes in to take out their leaders, everybody knows the leaders aren't in the West Bank, <laughs> right? So they're they're lying when they say they're taking out the leadership of Hamas who's never there anyways. They're in Qatar living in these penthouses. So anyways, so uh, so these uh, Hamas leaders, which in 2021 provided $360 million for Hamas government salaries, just in salaries, and cash handouts to families with Israel's knowledge and approval. So Israel knew and approved that the Hamas leaders in Qatar, in 2021, gave $360 million for salaries and cash handouts to, I'm assuming, Hamas uh, workers. 
The United Nations funds and runs schools and hospitals. So here we are. So now the world is paying for the United Nation, the United Nations, and the United Nations is funding the schools and hospitals in Gaza and employs many workers, teachers, and medical personnel spending $600 million in 2020. So the world is paying to support uh, Gaza. These are, of course, avenues for Hamas to extract money through taxes, extortion, and black marketeering, despite the efforts of international overseers, including Israel itself. So it sounds like there's gangs of thugs, uh, you know, getting their back sheesh uh, in Gaza uh, in broad daylight in front of any kind of uh, type of government oversight or government global, any type of oversight. All this is to say that every dollar or shekel as the Palestinian Authority and Hamas largely pay their employees in Israeli currency that Hamas does not have to spend on Gazan schools, hospitals, government salaries, and governance. The group can instead spend on terrorist purposes. So they're not saying they do. They say they can because that money is now freed up. Instead of paying for hospitals and schools, they can buy, you know, whatever they want, hookers and cocaine. Hamas imposes taxes and fees on the local pop population. That money is then spent on Hamas's end goal. So Hamas does actually tax their own people, but it is unclear how much of the Palestinian Authority money is skimmed by Hamas, I'm assuming in Bakshish, but if the Islamic State's financial management structure in Mosul can serve as a rough guide, it could be up to 50%. This, in addition to what other donors provide, anonymous Western officials speaking to the Wall Street Journal estimated that Iran provides Hamas $100 million annually for military activities, while the terrorist group generates $12 million to $15 million a month on smuggled Egyptian goods. According to Gaza-based economist uh, Mohammed Abu Jayab, a recent analysis from Divalt suggests Hamas sits upon a financial empire worth $700 million. Okay, now you're getting money in when you're running a country, or it's not technically a country, uh, because Israel's making sure it's not a country. Uh, when you're sitting on a, a pile of cash coming in, there's got to be a lot of pile of cash going out. So it's not like all the money that they've collected, they're sitting on this pile of gold like a, like a dragon in some, uh, you know, um, Tolkien-style cave. Obviously, a lot of the money's being spent on things, you would assume, right? People are living there. So Hamas has even experimented in recent years with using cryptocurrencies to evade government surveillance, which intrinsically is not a bad thing for people to be evading the government surveillance. The government does not have any right to know what you're doing. In this situation... Terrorists, you know, you could argue that uh, the government, whoever the government is, which government are they referring to here, surveilling their, uh, the Hamas spending. And obviously, according to this article, they've been uh, uh, grabbing that cash. So if it's being used for terrorism, then yeah, of course. But things aren't that simple, are they? With uh, Israeli uh, oppression of a people, I mean, it doesn't justify terrorism. 
but uh, they should be allowed to defend themselves, just as Israel is allowed to defend itself. So while the full extent of its efforts is unknown, Israel, as recently as mid-October, continues to freeze Hamas-linked crypto accounts. So the uh, intelligence, the Israeli intelligence apparatus is so fine-tuned that they can find crypto accounts and freeze those, but they can't detect a, for six hours an attack, uh, a, a weapons buildup of five, what is it, 5,000 missiles and, and days before drills of breaching the, the, the border and, uh, and, and mock uh, uh, kidnappings of Israeli soldiers and, and all this stuff. They, you know, they couldn't see that happening, but they're so fine-tuned they can uh, hack crypto accounts that are, you know, apparently uh, unhackable. So how are they finding these crypto accounts? That's what I want to know. So is cryptocurrency uh, not safe? Is, it, is there actually a backdoor that they can use to uh, find things? I don't know. I don't know the details. I'm not omniscient. Even with these diversified income streams, the money itself never has touched Gaza. Hmm. Even with these diversified income streams, the money itself never has to touch Gaza. Okay, I misread that. Hamas and its allies, like most sophisticated terrorist groups, so if you're an ally of Hamas, the implication is you're a sophisticated terrorist group. So if that's the case, Benjamin Netanyahu uh, helping Hamas and saying we should give money to Hamas is an ally to Hamas, and therefore Israel, by this definition, is a sophisticated terrorist group. Anyways, having built a complicated web of global money laundering streams with the assistance of the Iranians, it is probably impossible for, for forensic accountants to unravel completely Hamas's financial dealings. The U.S. Treasury Department is playing financial whack-a-mole. Last month, it sanctioned several Hamas investment portfolio managers living in the West Bank, Sudan, Turkey, Algeria, and Qatar. A further wrinkle is that if, say, Israel cuts off the Palestinian Authority's $1.7 billion to Gaza, it will negatively impact the very people who would serve as the governing backbone of a potential post-Hamas Gaza. So if they're going to be going in bombing uh, the way they are now, I can't imagine the, how would there be a peaceful post uh, uh a peaceful post-Hamas Palestinian government uh, with the the orders of magnitude worse killing uh, in, in Hamas or Hamas in in uh, Gaza than uh, than what the uh, the Hamas did to the Israelis. Now I'm not justifying what Hamas did, and I'm not saying the egregious things that some of the savages did are justifiable or even human, but neither is what Israel's doing to all the innocent people in the West Bank. All right, so let's see here. I lost my point. Where was I? So uh, Israel, even if uh, Israel cuts off Palestinian Authority's $1.7 billion to Gaza, it will negatively impact the very people who would serve as the governing backbone of a potential post 
Hamas, Gaza, who will be in love with Israel for slaughtering all those tens of thousands of innocent Palestinian women and children and, and men. Just because you're a man doesn't mean you're okay to be slaughtered. If you're innocent, you're innocent. Jesus. It also doesn't really cost that much to carry out a terrorist attack. The September 11th, 2001 attacks cost Al-Qaeda under half a million dollars. So we don't know how much of that the CIA paid for. I don't know. According to the 9-11 Commission, which of, of course we can trust, with the hijackers even returning $26,000 to an Emirati facilitator right before the strike because they didn't need it. While it remains unclear how much it cost Hamas financially for its October 7th attack in Israel, the terrorist group almost certainly has enough flexibility to weather whatever financial penalties are coming. And if not, their, fun their funders have more than enough money to compensate them for their losses. So there's no talk of human loss. There's no talk of, you know, the, the people being killed in the West Bank aren't Hamas leaders. They even say they're in Qatar. Terrorism is political theater. The terrorists want the public to watch their horrific acts and to fear what's coming next. This is exactly what Israel is doing to the Palestinians. That is terrorism. They are doing horrific acts, and they want the Palestinians to fear what is coming next. That's likely why so many Hamas attackers wore GoPro, GoPro cameras and videotaped their murderous behavior. Where did these, these guys learn this behavior? <laughs> right? <coughs> okay, I'm not blaming Israel for their, uh, their techniques, but where did they learn them? And how is Israel justified in doing the, the same actions, but orders of magnitude worse? But their monstrous activities were in service of a political goal to force an overreaction by Israel that causes misery for a civilian population where Hamas hides and operates. So, as we said, Hamas is not hiding in the West Bank, they're hiding in Qatar. And, of course, Israel is more than willing to overreact to mow the lawn and thin out the herd of the, uh, the dirty uh, Palestinians, right? I'm not calling them dirty Palestinians. I'm using uh, hypothetical rhetoric coming from a uh, straw man, Israeli. <laughs> this can generate new recruits, propaganda, and support. So diplomatic and financial support from its allies in the region and further abroad. So you're immediately an ally if you uh, generate any form of propaganda or support, diplomatic or financial. Again, Benjamin Netanyahu gave diplomatic and financial support to Hamas. So therefore, according to this, he is as much or possibly more because he had more effect than any of their other supporters. So if anybody wants to blame Hamas, they should be blaming his greatest, their greatest supporter, which is Benjamin Netanyahu. Hamas must be destroyed or at least neutered as a terrorist organization for this conflict to conclude. Now, this is somebody's opinion. This guy who wrote this, who was, I think, a CIA analyst, this Aki. Sadly, without eliminating Hamas's leadership outside of Gaza and cutting off its regional financial lifelines, the goal of decisively crushing the group once and for all will remain out of reach. So this is, 
whack-a-mole, right? If you call the group Hamas, and then you kill all the people that you call, or some, not all the people, because they're in Qatar. If you kill off the useful idiots of the Hamas and thin out the innocent population, another group will come, and you can call it Hamas 2.0. You can call it whatever you want. The name is irrelevant. We're going to destroy Hamas, but we're going to keep that monster alive. That monster will have a different name, but it's the same monster. And it's a monster of whose creation? Who is doing the overkill? Who is creating the resentment and hatred? People responding to it, you know, so they're, they're, they're fluffing up this monster in the name of, of Palestinians. They're, they're fanning the flames and hatred of the Palestinians. Not all Palestinians, but the ones that respond to it more. And then they blame them for it. So I'm going to put my boot on your neck, and I'm going to kill your family. And then if you get upset at me, I'm going to say you're a terrorist. This is, it's crazy. And then I'm going to kill you, and then your 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 family, the the other family, extended family who saw me killing you, is going to get upset at me. And so now there's a Hamas 2.0. So according to this guy, Hamas must be destroyed. Well, you don't destroy uh, an ideology by fanning the flames which created that ideology, or at least neutered as a tourist uh, tourist terrorist organization. Um. Sadly, without eliminating Hamas's leadership outside of Gaza in Qatar and cutting off its financial lifelines. Well, those individuals in Qatar. Now, those are just some fat guys getting money. You know, who are their, who are their leaders? Are they the guys making the actual decisions? Are they just usually when you're getting money, the person giving you the money is the boss. So who's paying the leaders, the so-called leaders, these quasi-leaders in Qatar who aren't even in Palestine. They're just a nominal uh, placeholder to, to, so we can call somebody the leaders of Hamas. But who's the people actually funding it? Right, that's the, their bosses. So it doesn't matter if you kill these guys, even if you, if you get the guys in, in Qatar. It's who's ever paying the, the idea to kill the monster. You got to stop what's festering and what's creating this monster. After this round of war ends, there will remain aggrieved Gazans looking to commit violence against Israel. No shit. Buttressed by an Islamic ideology. Is revenge an Islamic ideology? If that's the case, then Israel's revenge and retaliation against the innocent population of the West Bank is an uh, Islamist ideology. So, buttressed by an Islamist ideology to justify murderous actions. Wow, I should have read that whole sentence first. Because Israel is using this ideology and they are justifying their murderous actions by saying, it's not our fault. We're killing tens of thousands, orders of magnitude, more innocent people than the Hamas did, whose leaders, quasi-leaders, are in Qatar, who are actually not the leaders, they're the employees who's ever paying them. But we're going we're gonna to kill the innocent people on the ground, and we're going to justify those murderous actions. So therefore, if that is Islamist ideology, Israel and Benjamin Netanyahu are the hardest core Islamic ideologists out there. There will also continue to be enough money and direction from outside of the Strip. Thus, the conflict in Gaza will likely burn on, ebbing and flowing as it has done for years— no matter the outcome of Israel's current military operation. So says Aki Peretz.
This makes me suspicious. It appears to be someone orchestrating the fanning the flames of the useless idiots on the ground. I'm not saying the innocent people are idiots. I'm using the Marxist term of useful, useful idiot, which are people who don't really know what's going on. And you're just feeding them enough information, propaganda, emotionally charged, emotional based, uh, fallacious appeals to emotion to rile up these people. You see it in the news. You see these stories of an individual person being slaughtered or killed, which is egregious, uh, but it's scope. That individual is, like they say, anecdote. And while it's wrong and the people who did it should be uh, brought to justice, it's the larger scope. You, you, we can't mix and match. If you're going to talk about individual killings, the individual people who perpetrated those killings should be uh, brought to justice. But then if we take a step back and look at the bigger picture, who is uh, fanning the flames? Who is manipulating those people to do the killing? Just like... Uh, I had a conversation with somebody about the Black Lives Matter um, guy in, uh, what was it, north of Chicago that drove his Suburban through a crowd of Christmas protesters, which a lot of people don't know about for some reason. Some of the mainstream media, for whatever reason, didn't pick up on this Black Lives Matter guy plowing through a crowd and killing a bunch of innocent people because I assumed that they were black. Nope, they weren't black. So this Black Lives Matter supporter was now people say, oh, he's a he's a mentally ill person. Of course, he's mentally ill. Anybody who supports these extreme ideologies have been pushed to a mentally ill state. And people who have been motivated to act out are, uh, I guess you would say, mentally ill because they're they're. Well, I guess it depends on the definition of mentally ill. Let's look up the definition of mentally ill. So the definition of uh, mentally ill is a uh, medical condition that involves changes in emotion, thinking, or behavior. So yes, by that definition, um, a mental mental illness involves changes in emotion, thinking, or behavior. Well, I don't agree with that definition. It has to be something more severe than just changing your emotion, thinking, or behavior because everybody changes their emotions, thinking, and behavior. Uh, so let's carry on here. It can be associated with distress. Okay, that's just manipulation. And or problems functioning in social, work, or family activities. So if you have problems functioning in social, work, or family activities, you're mentally ill. Mental disorders, man, that's everybody at Christmas time, right? <laughs> they drink because of the in-laws. Oh, God, I can't stand being around these people, right? So <laughs> is that make you mentally ill? I hope not. So uh, mental disorders are characterized by a clinically significant disturbance in an individual's cognition, emotional regulation, or behavior. Okay, now that I can get behind. So if somebody's cognition is, uh, is, is um, disturbed... If their emotional regulation is disturbed and if their behavior is not normal. So this is what happens when these people manipulate the, the useful idiots and the, uh, geez, I'm flashing already. If somebody manipulates a useful idiot, uh, their pawns, uh, whatever you want to call them to being uh, affecting their cognition, uh, affecting their emotional regulation and affecting their behavior. This is exactly what everything we see 
not everything. This is something we see heavily in news, uh, in, in propaganda. When we see stories, look at this emotional, like this emotional appeal could be on either side of like this specific cam. Uh, conflict, you'll see the uh, the a Palestinian uh, uh, based uh, propaganda showing uh, you know bloodied face people coming out of the building and and like an individual and oh look at this this poor person was killed you know we're gonna we're gonna yeah again it's 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 horrible what's happening to these individuals but these are tools being used as propaganda to manipulate people's emotions. And when you manipulate somebody's emotions, you're affecting their ability to reason properly, which affects their cognition, which ultimately affects their behavior. And that's the goal of manipulation and propaganda is to affect people's, uh, ultimately their behavior and their thinking. So how do you do that? You do it with emotional appeals. And that's the first flag you should be looking for. And you see it all the time in Israeli articles. Uh, promote, oh, look at this. It's, uh, it's, it's brutal. What happened to these Jewish people? Well, yeah, it's brutal. What happens to innocent people if they happen to be Jewish or if they happen to be Palestinian? But when they start fanning the flames of, oh, uh, of these, you know, oh, it's a Jewish person that was, was hurt. Yeah. Is that relevant that they were Jewish? It's relevant that they were innocent and then they were injured. Same with the Palestinians. Is it relevant that they're Arab? Is it relevant what their religion is? Some of them, we're just assuming they're all Muslims. No, if they're a Muslim, that means they're Islamic fundamentalists. There are Islamic fundamentalists. There are also, I don't know what you would call the uh, the, the Jewish extremists, but if you look at their, uh, their the what's that called, the, the Zionist party, there's some guys in there that are pretty extreme. <laughs> I mean, they're extreme, hardcore, religious-based uh, as bad as anybody else, right? So it's easy to get sucked into the emotional whataboutism, um, overgeneralization. So realizing that we need to not allow ourselves to overgeneralize Jews this, uh, Muslims that, Israelis this, um, Palestinians that. I mean, the people, the the people in control is a small number of people. Netanyahu uh, and whoever I don't even know the names of the guys who are in charge of of Hamas. I don't know if they even exist. <laughs> who knows, right? It could be phantoms, and who's paying them, right? Then you have. Uh, I lost my track of train of thought. Yeah, it's easy to get sucked into the uh, the emotional content. So we need to try to embrace our inner Spock and not get sucked into the emotional content. And when you see people appealing to emotional content, even if it's true, you got to take a step back and say, this is propaganda. They're trying to manipulate me by my emotions, which will weaken my cognitive abilities to reason properly. And that will be easier for them to suggest overgeneralizations. Look what happened to this individual by that individual. Now I'm going to start saying, putting qualifiers on these individuals. Look what happened to this, uh, this, uh, both sides could do this. Look what happened to this poor Palestinian kid by the, by the, the Jews, right? So now that's a stereotype against all Jews, right? So this is stuff you got to watch out for because it's not all Jews that did whatever happened to that kid. And sometimes it might even be a fake story. Granted, there's obviously killing going on over there by both sides. But my point is, 
trying to cut through it and be a little more refined and sophisticated in our analysis of what's going on. So don't allow people to emo- uh, appeal to your emotions. If you see emotional content, even if it's true, you got to take a step back and say, okay, this is emotional triggering propaganda. It's trying to attack my reasoning skills. It's trying to make me overgeneralize and stero- uh, a stereotype all whoever they're attacking. So that's what they did with Black Lives Matter. It's the same M.O. Oh, look at this white cop killed a black guy, right? So that individual cop, if it, whatever the situation, if that, if, that, if that black guy was innocent and that white cop killed him unjustly, then yeah, that white cop should be punished to the full extent of the law. But that's not what we were seeing. We were seeing a lot of these uh, guilty, uh, horrible people uh, interacting with the police. And these police sometimes were justified in killing these people. Now, these are all individual cases. But when they start putting the qualifiers on, and you'll see this in the news a lot, white cop, well, not so much now. They've dialed back the police rhetoric since the election, the the American election, with Biden in. Before Biden was in, when Trump was in, it was all division, 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 division. It's still division now, but it's not so much anti-cop as it was. It's like a light switch. Somebody flicked a light switch, which makes you think it was probably the intelligence people, uh, whoever was pushing this, you know, the Antifa, BLM, like who was funding that kind of stuff, right? But the point is that it's the technique of the propaganda that is used to try to bait you emotionally and then try to bait you to use uh, to, to weaken your uh, reasoning skills, your cognitive skills, so that you are more susceptible and uh, responsive to suggestions or implications of overgeneralizations. All Jews are responsible for what, what the Isra- is- Israelis did. Well, that's not true. Israel and all Jews are different concepts. Granted, there's a lot of uh, people in Israel who are Jews, a lot of people who aren't. But obviously the majority is, and it is a uh, state that's based on the religion. So you can see how there can be uh, conflation, but it's wrong to conflate and overgeneralize. And same with Israel itself. You can't blame all Israeli people for what a few actors in the government do. So for what Benjamin Netanyahu did and who's ever pulling the strings of the IDF, those people are the schmucks, the, uh, the, the, the grunts on the field. Now, a lot of them, like the certain cops, some of them are despicable people who overreach their authority and do brutal things. And those individuals should be held to account, not the innocent people that are living in a, you know, their homes, you know, uh, 100 miles away. This, this is so, but this is what they do, and we see it. And I'm not saying they, as in one side, does this. There's a common MO, and it seems to be in all forms of mainstream media, which is essentially propaganda, emotional appeal, weaken your cognitive uh, abilities because now you're you're so emotionally charged that you're not calm in reasoning. And then they give you suggestions, implied suggestions. It could be explicit suggestions, but a lot of times it's just really heavily implied so that you and your emotionally charged state make the connection. So then you believe that you are the one that decided, I came to the conclusion, I figured out that it is, uh, it's Jews that are responsible for this. When it's not, it is, the implication is that, look, uh, the uh, an IDF guy killed... Uh, you know, 50 innocent, uh, it's probably the ratio, I don't know, killed the 50 innocent people in this town. 
well, that IDF guy is responsible for that, and whoever his commanders are who allowed it to happen, and it, it goes up, the chain goes up. And uh, ultimately, I guess it's Benjamin Netanyahu who's responsible for these over uh, overkills by the uh, Israeli machine. But that doesn't make some guy who's running a shop in uh, Chicago or uh, Toronto or whatever, you know, some dentist somewhere. He's not responsible. Some eye doctor or, you know, some garbage truck worker or whatever. The, does it, whatever their job is, it is, it's not relevant. But if they, if they're, uh, if they have, happen to be Jews, they're not responsible. Now, there is conflation, and I see this conflation, I don't know if it's intentional, but a lot of people try to conflate Israel with all Jews. Now, that's not fair to the Jews that, w- that don't want to be conflated with what's happening with Israel. But uh, so there's this conflations. So these are things we got to watch out for, overgeneralizations, emotional appeals, and it's, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of lessons to be learned. Now I'm not saying I have all the answers or I'm I'm um, omniscient. I don't know. You know, I'm just a regular guy like uh, everybody else out there. But you can see these. Mm, I don't want to be a preacher. Mm. It couldn't be more obvious that we are being manipulated. We, the people of the world are being manipulated by propagandists and manipulators to try to get us to think and believe whatever the, who's ever paying for the, uh, the public relations want. And uh, again, you got to use your judgment, right? Not everything is a conspiracy, but we are being, there's no doubt that there's public relations and we're being manipulated. And if you look at the techniques, you see it happening. Twitter, you see it happening in the news, And it makes you wonder, um, you know, is is this actually a distraction? Is uh, who's ever funding Hamas, you know, is that, is this, was it allowed to happen? You know, are there, uh, is this whole conflict just to get people to stop thinking about the Ukraine? You know, people say this often, but it's plausible. It seems, uh, you know, things happen on a large scale. There are you know, centralized uh, phantoms in the background with lots of money uh, who are uh, centralizing centralizing narratives. And this is obvious when you see countries all around the world pushing the exact same wording of certain articles. It can't happen if it's not centralized. So people of the world were being manipulated. Um, are we being manipulated to not look at the Ukraine? Or is that even a distraction to get us to stop thinking about COVID and, and how the government overreach happened there and how the vaccines were never proven safe? It takes seven to 10 years to prove a vaccine safe. It hasn't been seven to 10 years yet. It's not on the onus of the public to prove it's dangerous. It's on the onus of public health and the pharmacies and the, the politicians who are mandating it to prove it is safe and asserting something is safe is not. So it's a rabbit hole. And I think we should all explore rabbit holes and use your reasoning and skills. The more rabbit holes and the more bullshit you're exposed to, 
the better you get at detecting it. And the more you realize that your first assumptions aren't facts, you know, they might be correct, but often they're wrong. And, and the more you're exposed to bullshit and the more you're exposed to obvious bullshit, the more you realize, the more you're fooled by bullshit is, and the more you catch it, the better you get at, at detecting it. So I don't know how I got to a, uh, a bullshit manipulation thing <laughs> talking about the funding of Hamas, but uh, there we are. 